Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Prosperity Millennial, where we take a look at success stories from true millennials who have taken their success and their dreams and made them reality. We're going to walk through what they've done, their tips, their techniques, and really look at how we can make those applicable into our own lives. We'll talk about making action plans to really transcend what a true millennial is thought about and how you too can take your success into your own hands. Let's work together. Let's really go after success. And if you're ready, sit back, relax, and let's talk about Prosperity Millennial. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only. It is expressly our opinions and are based on our best judgment, but no warranty is given. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. Financial advice should be taken as an opinion and for educational purposes. We make no warranties or guarantees. Please enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. I'm coming to you this week. We're going to talk a little bit about a sermon I just gave at my church, and I thought it was appropriate to record it as a podcast episode just so that you all get the opportunity to listen to it. But what we're going to cover is the book of Job and the final chapter of Job and then some major takeaways from the entire book of Job. I thought it was appropriate as it really talks about how to handle and view trial and tribulation, so any challenges we face in life. um, I think that it will give us great perspective um, as we move forward to really help shape future success in our life and how we overcome adversity. So first, in this sermon, I cover specifically uh, Job chapter 42. And so I'll go ahead and read that to you, Job chapter 42, and then we'll unpack that, and then we'll go into the takeaways from the rest of that. So in Job chapter 42... Job responds to the Lord and replies, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, Listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said and sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. 
I will not treat you as you deserve, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers and sisters and former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life with even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karanhapuch. In all the land no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job. And their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see his four generations of his children and grandchildren. And so Job died old and full of days. In Job chapter 42, we see Job acknowledging his lack of understanding of God. In chapter 41, Job was shown the true power of God. And so in 42, his response to God was that he didn't realize the full power and completeness of God. God was angry with Job's friends, but spared them because Job prayed for them. God specifically says he will accept Job's prayer to not punish them as they deserve. It is also with that prayer that Job was restored. God completely restores Job to even more than he was. So that's what I have in Job chapter 42. That's my recap of that specific chapter. And so what I want to do is I want to take you through the takeaways from the entire book of Job. Not every circumstance or trial or tribulation is a Job trial. We have to realize that not everything that we go through is God punishing us. He's not putting things upon us, some things we do to ourselves. And I was sent a meme that I think fits, and it says, people swear they're fighting demons when the whole time they're fighting the consequences of their choices. And I have a couple examples of that, where the car blows up and we want to blame God and say it's God's fault, yet you didn't service or change the oil in 15 years. We have to do our part as Christians, and in this life, not every circumstance is God punishing us. And then you and your spouse argue all the time. That's God's fault, right? Or how about you two never speak when you're around each other or spend quality time because all the quality time is spent staring at your phone or playing your video games? Whose fault is it really then? So not all trials and tribulations are given by God. Some of them we just happen to give to ourselves. So that's what I have as far as takeaway one. And so jumping into takeaway two, I want to talk a little bit about a mature Christian. 
do we recognize how spiritually mature Job was? In both trials of the book of Job, he never once cursed God. That's some real spiritual maturity. His wife didn't have that much maturity as him. As we can see in Job 2, verses 9 and 10, Job responds to her and calls her foolish to only accept good and not trouble from God. I mean, some of us would have been cursing God in the first trial, or surely the second. How many of us can say we wouldn't have been just like Job's wife? We curse God if we stub our toe in the morning, or the car won't start, or that person cuts us off on the freeway. All of these small inconveniences, in comparison to losing your whole family and everything you own, and then being covered in boils head to foot like Job was. So how do we become a more mature Christian like Job? First, we need to recognize the things of a mature Christian, recognizing who God really is. Not a man who's going to love us one minute and not the next. Recognition God is not a genie in some bottle granting wishes. God is to be praised, adored, because of who he is, God. Recognition that everything we have, including the breath we just took, is given by God. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do we recognize where that comes from? That was said by Job. As a mature Christian, we should shun evil, just like Job. We just flat don't stand for it. That's a mature Christian. Also, a mature Christian really isn't focused on this life, but storing up riches in heaven because they are focused on eternity. We can say Job was a mature Christian, but even in his maturity, God still was able to teach Job something, as we seen last week in chapter 41. And I mean last week, as in, at our church, we spoke about Job chapter 41. So if you guys uh, listening on the podcast want to check that out, um, just go to um, Grace Community Church, and you can find that um, that message. Now, where do you fall as a mature Christian was a question I asked at our church. Are you going to be easy prey for the enemy or are you going to be a mature Christian like Job and choose not to curse God even in your worst trials? And these things I believe are applicable even here on the Prosperity Millennial Podcast because these becoming more mature in faith, whether that be your Christian faith or whatever you believe, helps you to be steadfast in times of trouble. You stand on something more than just your own intuition or your own um, what you can accomplish, so to speak. So that was my second takeaway, becoming a mature Christian. My last takeaway was... Why did God have to let Job suffer? God's in control of all of it. Did God let Job suffer because he wanted to prove Satan wrong? Satan thought he could make Job curse God, so God allowed Satan to try. Or did God use this to prove Job's friends wrong? 
and show them that they were wrong? Or was it both? Or is God bigger and our understanding beyond ours and there's an even more magnificent plan at work? That, I believe, is the true teaching. God showed Job more of his power in chapter 41 as we covered in the previous week. Why does cancer exist? Anxiety, depression, suicide, and all the suffering we don't understand, but God does. But do we grasp that he is in control? He was clearly in control in Job's situation. He allowed it. In Job 1, verse 12, All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. And so Satan left the Lord's presence. And then again in Job chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, Satan replied to the Lord, Skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life, but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. God allowed Satan to access Job, but was still in control. God may allow trials and tribulation in our life, but that does not mean he is not above them. In John Chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you that you may in this life have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Just as stated in Colossians 1.15, the world was created by him and through him and all submits to his authority. God spoke all of this into existence. In Psalm 66.10, For you, O God, tested us. You purified us like refined silver. And then again in Proverbs 17.3, The crucible is for refining silver, and the furnace is for gold. Likewise, the Lord tests hearts. He knew Job's struggle. He allowed it. And God knows exactly what we go through. He is in control. God has a plan for our lives above anything we can understand, even in our struggle. But be reminded, he's above it all. He loves, for us, he loves and cares for us and then knows us. My brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect effect so that you will have per- be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. This is in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And I'll tell you that it's a really good um, chapter, because in that chapter we're reminded of why we may face trials and tribulation, to create endurance and a testing of our faith. God knows our struggle, and be reminded that he knows you. In Luke 12, 7, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, for you are more value than many sparrows. And then again in Jeremiah 1, 5, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. 
God chose each one of us and is speaking directly to each of us. Do you understand? He knows you, he created you, and he died for you. In Romans 8, 35 through 39, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we encounter death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we have complete victory through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things of that are the present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor, height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of our God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Be reminded that even in times of trial and tribulation, God loves us and wants what is best for us. We may not understand the why, but he knows the why. And he has a plan for all of it, just as he did in Job. And then I asked a question during my sermon of, do you trust his plan or are you still trying to work your own, especially in times of trial and tribulation? Now, at the end of my sermon, I'll go ahead and share that with you guys as well, um, because it it's a nice... Um, just a personal testimony of kind of how this this sermon that I gave today um, at my church really helped teach me something um, earlier in my life. So a few years back, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was diagnosed with colon cancer. And she went in for surgery to remove a section of her colon and they were able to take out the cancer and remove a section of her colon. And they believed that when they did that, that she was going to be not have any cancer anymore. And after they did that, she was then sent to get a scan to ensure all the cancer was gone. And when she completed that scan, they determined that she was, there was no cancer on that scan. Um, that can, that scan came back and there was no cancer. And so as a family, we're pretty excited because now grandma doesn't have cancer. So great. But the doctor says, you know, I, I like to double check. So I'm going to do a blood test and to see if your blood test comes back, then comes back normal, then we'll be, we'll be in the clear. So he sends her for a blood test and the results come back and her vitals are all over the place. And with that, that's a big indicator of cancer. And so she gets sent back in for another scan. And when they, the results come back from the second scan, it's revealed that she has cancer of the liver. And the best way I can describe it is that basically her liver lit up like a Christmas tree. She had a lesion on her liver um, about the size of a quarter was one of her largest, but there was multiple. And so the, the only way to fight, <clears throat> fight back against this liver cancer was chemo and radiation. And so my grandma begins chemo and radiation treatment only to find that 
the chemo really makes her sick. And with that, chemo and radiation wasn't going to heal her wholly. It was only going to buy her time. And so when she began to become ill on the chemo, then my mother, her sister, and two brothers met with grandma, and they decided to stop chemo treatment. Because, like I said, it was only buying her time. And with the time it was buying her, they decided that it would be best if she lived out the time she had left as quality time over quantity of time. And so grandma lives out the rest of her days um, and ends up going and passing away. Um, But the reason I tell you all of that is because there was a grandfather who I had um, didn't have a relationship with that was still living. And with that, I was frustrated with God because he's taking my grandmother and the conversation kind of went like this, you know, God, if you need somebody, take him. I don't have a relationship with him. You can have him, but leave my grandma. And the reason I didn't have a relationship with my grandfather was because basically he was just a bitter man. He wasn't somebody who, who wanted or seemed to want a relationship. Anytime I was around him, the relationship was more or less transactional versus a true relationship. And so, as I said, you know, I was frustrated with God and, you know, I'm pleading with God, take him versus my grandma. But I had to learn and through discernment, learn that, you know, that's God's plan. God wanted grandma and her time was then. And so I tell you that because, you know, in our trials and tribulations, in what we face in life, we have to remember that there's a more ultimate plan at work. And I know that this podcast, Prosperity Millennial, is more about building success and prosperity in our lives. But in that, that success and prosperity will come with challenges and how we overcome those challenges and how we view those challenges can also be a piece of it. You know, and through faith, my faith is how I overcome a lot of trial and tribulation and challenges in my life. Because at the end of the day, I have to hold it to a higher power and his plan is better than my plan and his plan will be the one that ends up being done in the end and so that's all i have for this week it's really about you know facing trial and tribulation and like i said i gave this sermon um at my church on the final chapter of the book of job and those takeaways but now you guys have an audio to listen to with prosperity millennial But I just challenge you to find, you know, the best ways to overcoming challenges. And um, I implore you to to really take a look um, at your 
faith, your faith aspect of that, if that's something that um, you've never done, um, feel free to shoot me a message. Um, be happy to talk to you about that even more. Um, but until next week, um, just continue to chase after success and keep, keep overcoming those challenges and uh, go after prosperity. So until next time, live prosperous. Have a great rest of your guys' week. Bye-bye.